space. I am Kim Kral. Hi, I'm reporting to you not live from my closet. Hi, everybody. Hi. Uh, today has been a pretty good day so far. Um, well, I haven't really done much, but uh, I woke up to two really good news. Um, it's official. They are processing my passport. They are processing it. And the good news is, is if like three weeks before I leave, if you if you're just tuning in now, I am going to Thailand for my 40th birthday in June. If they if it's not ready, they are like if it's not ready by three weeks before your vacation or they they say you leave the country. They don't call it vacation because, you know, they have no idea why where I'm going or why I'm going. But whatever. Uh, and they were like, uh, you call and you can pay to expedite it. It's like 60 bucks, which I don't understand why past Kim didn't just pay 60 bucks for like peace of mind. But here we are. But I, I woke up this morning and I saw that that check was cashed and I was like, oh, sweet. And then it was like, yeah, it's processing it. So that's very exciting. I was kind of freaked out. Um, I guess they have to look at the application process or my application, which I'm still a little nervous about. But now I know that like at least they got it. We can go from there. I don't know. The whole thing's really stressful, but I officially bought my tickets. I am going. I'm going to fucking Thailand. I cannot believe this. I'm there's like two voices in my head. One that's like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing in the world. You're going to change your life. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be awesome. You know, all that like exciting shit. Like you're going to meet an elephant. You're going to meet so many people. You're going to, you know, scuba dive and probably cry a lot because that's, you know, what you do in Thailand. Just kidding. I just cry a lot in general as a person. Um, and then the other part of my voice or the other voice in my head is like, who in the literal fuck do you think you are <laughs> like you're just gonna hop on a fucking 29 hour flight uh, i have a layover in seattle and singapore um 29 hour flight and and then just like go to another country you're gonna get kidnapped you're gonna lose you're gonna get robbed you're gonna lose your money you're gonna get lost you're gonna break your leg you're gonna you know like all that stuff that like so they're dueling it out in my brain right now and you know since i am a creature of Zen. What in the literal fuck? My microphone is like now like, like does something. I don't know. Like it doesn't stay up. It's so weird. My, my, I almost said nightstand. My mic stand. Yeah. I'm a comedian. I should know what the word mic stand is right away. Um, but you know, I mean now like I, I am doing a lot of like, you know, as we talked about for the last like two years, I'm doing a lot of work on myself. So I'm, I'm pretty zen when it comes to my like loud voice voices in my head. Uh, by zen, I just don't like. I know that they're not me all the time. You know what I mean? Like they're you know they're like the one telling me that like who the fuck do I think I am is you know probably my father in there somewhere. Um, quote friends I've collected along the way that you know just I mean. And so it like I observe them more than anything. I worked a rave a couple of weeks ago. I think I talked about. I mean, they're it was fun. It's always fun. Uh and I actually got like a really good bar spot this time. I work for this company and I think I'm finally like they like me. Like I got like a really like most of the time I work two days with them, I'll work like one really good bar spot and then the, the first day I'll usually work like kind of a shitty one and then they'll be like, oh yeah, we like her and they'll move me to a good one. But this one, they like immediately remembered like the head woman like hugged me, which was really, <laughs> I'm not cool guys. Like I showed up to the rave. I'll get back to the loud voices, but um, I showed up to the rave 
And, you know, all the employees are like waiting for their bar assignments and the managers are like weird celebrities. It's so weird. It's like, you know, a hundred bartenders and then all like the five managers emerge from some building and everyone's like, whoa. And then they try and get all their attention. And I've just never really been good at that. Um, I just, it's not really my style to be like, hi, hi. But I was like standing there and the lead one walked by me and she was like, hey girl, it's so good to see you and like hugged me. And then I awkwardly was like, oh yeah. So like, how have you been? And she just like ignored me and kept walking. And I was like, oh, okay. So we're just at hugging status. It was so awkward. But I ended up going to like a really busy bar. So I'm like, this bitch doesn't want to tell me how she is and wants to hug me and put me into a l- really lucrative bar every time I fucking work for this company. I'm in. Um, my like thing is all, uh, what it is is I have a pop socket um, for when I do voiceover work attached to it. And I guess I can just unattach it when I'm not doing voiceover work, but I, it's, it's a pain in the ass to undo and redo. So I just leave it up there. But what's more of a pain in the ass? This is not interesting. This is, uh, I have a Patreon exclusive podcast with uh, comedian Jeff May, uh, what do we call it? Ugh, fine, we have a podcast. It's monthly. And he edits things like this out. And I'm like, I don't do that on my podcast. I just I just let it rip. I just hit record. I, I have, I will be honest, I have one time in the history of Crawl Space gone back and, and uh, edited something out. Um, I guess two, if you count uh, the first episode of My Sexual Revolution, which is uh, my second bonus epi- bonus uh, podcast you get if you're a Patreon subscriber. Um, thank you for all who have subscribed. Um, but uh, the first episode, I talked a lot about a guy and I said his name and I, you know, I just, I don't... I talked a lot about his sex life and my sex life and I'm cool putting mine out there, but I, you know, I, I so I just beeped out his name. But the other time I... There's an old friend. We're not really friends anymore. She she sort of took a dive uh, politically. She is uh, she has some really terrible opinions, and um, and we took a dive. Our friendship just like you know, COVID took our friendship, and um, I don't know. I said something like in the heat of something that I can't remember what happened. But she had done something on social media that day and I was recording and I said something unkind and I went back and I took it out because I was like, that's not who I want to be and put out in the world. But other than that, I just sort of let it rip. So I love Jeff May would have probably uh, edited out me talking to you about my pop socket. But um, so I'm working, you know, so I get I get this awesome bar. Uh, God, I'm working this awesome bar and this, this company I work for has like really, uh, specific rules. Like there's not very many rules, but there's like five really specific ones and they're like really threatening about them. And they mostly involve cups and jiggers. Have I talked about this already? I don't know, but, uh, they like, so like they're like, if you break any of these rules, we'll cut your wristband and we'll escort you out to the venue. And it's like, you know, it's, and I'm, I'm afraid of authority figures because I was, you know, raised in a dysfunctional alcoholic home. And that's kind of like a par for the course for people who were raised in a home like me. I'm a, you know, authority fit. I mean, I'm better at it now, but like I've had to work really hard to like acknowledge it and work through it with my issues with authority figures. And so, um, we get there and our, our bar manager is uh, this woman and I turned it turned out she was rad as fuck, but she was like, I mean, I get it. She was, she's like me. If I was a bar manager, just like super direct, uh, no bullshit. I follow the rules. You don't follow the rules. I want you out. 
Um, and I'm really direct and I don't really care if we're friends or not. Hi booty. Um, every single time it's, he move, he comes into whatever room I'm in. He was taking a nap in the other room. Um, Oh my God. I love that cat so much. Uh, and so, but she said something that was like incorrect about the porridge of a certain, the poor count of a certain drink that went into a, the wrong cup. And I tried to clarify like six times and she was like, yeah, you do that. And I was like, but you're literally wrong. And I asked all the other bartenders and they're like, yeah, she's wrong. We're just going to do it the right way. And I'm like, but I made a really big deal about it, right? This there, this is relevant to like the voices in my head. So uh, like I made a really big deal about it. If I had just let it go, um, I probably wouldn't have felt as weird. But why did I have to keep asking her about it? Because I like I follow rules, man. I'm a rule follower. That's just who I am. Uh, I feel like I will break a rule if it is like I break rules when it's important or necessary. But other than that, I'm like, I'm going to follow the rules. Um, God, it's so uncomfortable. A bunch of the, uh, a few people were coming up to me, bartenders, because I've, I've started to make friends with people in this company. So I guess they think that that equals, I will give them free booze. So they, and like, they'll like, like people like watch you. Right. And, um, so one guy came up and he's like, will you get my girlfriend a drink? And I was like, how do I bring that in? He's like, just ring it in for a single and pour her a double. And I did. And I felt so uncomfortable. I was like, I don't want to do this ever again. I don't, I don't break rules. And so another guy came up, but I was like, I was on break before. So I was behind the bar and there was a guy, then they, they have spotters. They have like people like this company will like send spotters and also ABC, like a whole thing will like watch bartenders and then like arrest them or fire them depending on how badly they like break the law in terms of like pouring and under and serving underage, whatever. Right. So I go on break and I, I'm, I come back and there's a guy who I don't recognize who's standing behind the bar, like peeking through and watching all the bartenders like a fucking hawk. And I was like, oh shit, this is a guy that's like making sure we're doing all the, you know, following the like five specific rules. So one of the new bartender friends I made came up and he's like, hey, he's like, do you want to just pour me like a couple of drinks and I'll like throw a 20 in your tip jar? And I was like, dude, there's a guy that's literally watching all of us. I'm not breaking any rules. And he goes, oh, fair enough. Totally get it. And he walks away. And I'm like, I'm going to use that excuse literally every time, even if there's not a guy watching. Because like, I don't like breaking rules. And I don't, I also wonder the school thought, like, I've worked at bars where you're allowed to drink and I've worked at bars where you're not. And I just follow whatever the rule is. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't understand. I mean, I don't have a drinking problem. So I guess that's probably what it is. But I get there like, you're not allowed to drink. I just don't drink. But, you know, you work with enough bartenders. They're usually almost every bar, not almost every bartender, but a lot of bartenders are like, oh, they tell us we're not allowed to drink. Well, I'll just bring my vodka in this water bottle or I'll just make, you know, I mean, it just, it's just never really been my bag. But I mean, if they're like, go wild, drink, you know, I'll go wild and I'll drink, right? But so I'm sitting there bartending and the voices the first day because of this, like what the manager and the cup and the whole jigger thing, I was like, it was so fucking loud in my head. Just like, you're going to get fired. You're not doing good enough. How are you like, this is your only, I just perped gross. Uh, this is your only bartending job. Like what you're going to, you're going to lose your, your apartment. Henry's going to, you know I mean? Like, I mean, just like the anxiety voice. That's just like doom and gloom. Everything is going to end. And and it was like a, a couple, it was just so loud and I, like my head was pounding and I was just trying, and we were so busy and I was just trying to get through it. And it's not really a bar job where you can like distract yourself by like talking to customers. Cause it's just really like turn and burn, like get people out of there as quickly as possible. Right. 
And so, uh, especially when you're in a busy bar, you want to have high sales so you can go back to a busy bar. And so um, I, I, I was just like on autopilot as my brain. And then finally, I just was like, surrender to this, man. Like, this isn't you. This is just your thoughts. These are feelings. They're not real. Um, they're not facts. You know, feelings aren't facts. And so I, I just started to observe them and not take them personally. And as soon as I did that, the noise quieted. And that, I mean, I'm on 90 days of meditating every day. Um, and I think it's from that. I think it's literally from just quieting my fucking mind every day for even like, sometimes I can only do it for like three minutes. Um, and sometimes I have to listen to guided, like, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm work in progress, man. Uh, man. Uh, and then it's so funny. As soon as I started to like relax and calm down, I looked to my left and the guy bartending next to me is just like free pouring. No jigger at all. And I was like, I love that nobody else gives a fuck, but I'm like over here, like panicked that if I put a Red Bull vodka in a bigger cup that I'm going to get cut, my wristband's going to get cut. And I was like, but that's, you know I mean? That's growing up in like a, an alcoholic dysfunctional home, you know, that's like trauma, man. And that that's, you know, what I'm here working through and uh, you know I'm doing a new program where I'm um you know peeling a new layer of the onion off and it's it's loud and you know the alternative though is like not look there's people who just don't look at themselves or you know try to like work out their issues or you know examine the past or examine their certain behaviors or try to change you know what I mean like it's not easy it's hard and it's I cry a lot and I'm mad a lot and I have to sleep a lot and then sometimes I feel like I'm having a manic episode because I feel so alive, you know. <laughs> but so, so uh, my the voices in my head about Thailand are very dual, like are not dual. They're very like uh, opposite, bipolar. You know, like one is. Uh, 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 you know, very excited, and the other one is like, who the fuck do you think you are? you're not going to come back alive. You better figure out where Henry will, Henry and Lucy will go. I almost just said Henry. Sorry, Lucy. Um, but my passport is being processed. And then I also woke up to a new Patreon subscriber and thank you so much. That just, I, it just brightened my, I like literally woke up to that and it was just like, Oh my God, keep recording. People are listening and it's people, you know, want to support this. And I got a new Patreon subscriber like four days ago and it just, it just means so much to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if you want to subscribe, uh, go to patreon.com slash Kim crawl, or it's on my website under crawl space. Um, and there's a bunch of, uh, and I'm, I'm still working on, I'm sorry. I, I have a bunch of office email work to do today. And one of them on my list is try to fucking figure out how people can, uh, subscribe for a whole year. Um, I, it can do it. But then it looks like it switches everybody over to that. And I don't want to, I can't do that. So, um, I will be working on it. But thank you so much for everyone who has subscribed and who has, uh, is thinking about doing it. Uh, your support just means the world to me. Um, so I have a poop scoop that happened over the last week. It's a little sad and it's also very funny. It's not sad. Sad, sad's dramatic. Um, it's not sad. It's just... I, 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 I've realized that I have, you know, I obviously I have pretty bad IBS, right? Uh, I don't believe one could tell this many poop stories and not have some sort of internal problem. Um, and this last two weeks, it has gotten really, really bad. I, I, I said I had an ulcer, um, that has healed. Uh, I took, I took some over the counter meds, but, um, on Sunday I was so sick and I couldn't stop shitting. Right. 
So it's going to be kind of sad, but then there's going to be some funny stuff and probably some gross stuff. So trigger warning. Um, not sad. It's just like uh, another layer of the onion. Um, but Sunday it was like, it was, you know, it was really bad. My stomach was killing me. I couldn't stop shitting. My stomach hurt so bad um, that I was like, I, and I was going to get up. No, Saturday it was like, I was in so much pain that I was like, all right, I, I'm going to go to the uh, urgent care on uh, Sunday morning. And then I just couldn't get out of bed because I wasn't able, I haven't been sleeping very well. Um, I went to bed last night at like, I don't know, I couldn't fall asleep until like 3 a.m. And I got up this morning at like 5.30. And I I don't know, I think that there's a lot of psychological shit that I'm going to have to address soon. And I'm not super stoked about it. I'm kind of pissed about it, actually. Um, but just pissed about it. It's just like, how much more work can I do? You know what I mean? It's just like, but then I also like examine the past and I'm like, well quite a lot of scary shit happened to you and now I'm facing it. So now it's all just coming out. Right. And it's not going to be like, it took a long time for me to wire to get wired this way. I don't know if anyone struggles with this, but where you're like, I'm doing all this work. Why am I not fully better? And it's like, well, it took a really long time for your brain to get here. You know, it took a long time to wire me to get this way, like 30 years, you know, and 20 of those years I was, you know, in, in living with, uh, a very bad guy and a very crazy lady. Um, and I use the word crazy, like actually not like she's crazy, but like a, an unwell lady. Right. So like it took a long time to wire my brain like this. It's going to take a long time to sort through it. Um, and you know what? I think I'm doing a pretty good job. I'm pretty proud of myself and I'm proud of myself for taking care of myself. Cause I ended up, so Saturday I couldn't sleep and then I, I, you know, I, I couldn't get out of bed on Sunday morning. I was so, I was just like, I felt like I was dead. And so I, I was like, all right, well, I'll go Monday morning because, you know, everyone knows urgent care. Well, I was trying to get a tele-appointment and they were like, we can get you a tele-appointment, you know, five days. I was like, I don't know if I can like my like uh, just like the de dehydration from shitting nonstop the last few weeks is just, been, you know, I mean, that my head was hurting, just all kinds of stuff. So I was like, all right. And my stomach still was like on fire. And I'm like, I don't I thought may maybe this ulcer hadn't gone away. And so I was like, I'll go Monday morning. And then Sunday night, it was just so bad that I was like, I just got to go to the fucking doctor, I guess. So I get there at like 830. They close at nine. I don't feel good about getting, you know, I honestly thought if you just didn't get in, they'd send you home. But the doctor was like, no, we have to see everyone. Until, and I was like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. He's like, well, you needed to come here. This doctor was so wonderful. Him and his nurses were so nice. There was a nurse and then this doctor. And I'm like, I want them to be my doctor. Um, I don't, I, they're, they're at a different office than I go to. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to look into it. But he just like gave such a fuck. Um, I was like, all right, well, this is what's been going on. I explained the diarrhea. I explained like the different colors it's been. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus. And I, yeah, I was just like, I just don't think like I went to the doctor to look at my ankle a couple of weeks ago and I weighed, uh, um, uh, I'm not going to tell you much I weigh. Um, I don't know why, but in this moment I don't want to, uh, but I weighed a certain amount and I was like, Jesus, that's a lot more than I normally weigh. And he's like, well, you're tall. And that's what they always say. It's like, well, I know my fucking body, man, but I'm like, yeah, that's not, but then I had to go back the next day. Um, they, I needed a, to go to a gyno. And so the doctor was like, I can do it today. And I, I don't do that. Um, uh, to, I just can't do that to myself. Uh, I've have sexual trauma. So when, uh, that's, this is a lot of information told you, it's kind of a roller coaster of a story, but I promise you there's some funny shit. Um, 
I guess that's what this whole podcast is, right? A roller coaster of some, a story with some funny shit. Um, but you know, I have sexual trauma, so I, I, I don't like to have male gynecologists and, and I don't, I need to be prepared before I go into a situation. You know, I, I can't just have take off my clothes and have you just like poke around down there if you're a stranger and you know, it's not sex. Um, even then I don't even, but you know, I, I don't have to explain myself, but I have, you know, sexual trauma and I didn't want to tell the lady that, but Hey, I have sexual trauma. So I need to, I can come back tomorrow or whenever you have an appointment available, but I'm not going to do it today. And I mean, she didn't push and she didn't ask. She's lovely. But the next day I came back, or not, not, not the next day, uh, like five days later I came back, right? Five days later I came back and I had lost 10 pounds. And the same nurse goes, wow, you lost 10 pounds. And I was like, yeah, um, I, I'm having some really bad diarrhea issues. He's like, I wish I could lose 10 pounds. And I was like, yeah, um, you're not supposed to lose 10 pounds in f- five days. You're, it's like very unhealthy for you. Um, and he's like, oh, and, and they gave me some gas medicine or whatever. And I was just like, yeah, I don't think this is like, I don't understand why no one is fucking listening to me about this. Like, I don't this. And, and like, I think like I make jokes because it sucks and that's the only way I know how to deal with shitty situations, uh, pun intended, I guess, but you know what I mean? Like it sucks and it sucks because doctors like 10 years, like 15 years ago, I knew I had IBS and I told the doctor and she basically told me I made up a medical condition and told me to get out of her office. Uh, she didn't say get out of my office, but she basically did be like, well, bye, you made that up. And now 15 years later, it is just not, you know, a well-researched medical condition, but it's real. I quit that doctor, by the way, right after I never saw her again. Fuck that bitch. Um, but, uh, fuck that bitch. But like, right. Like who it just like doctors. God, I've had some really tough experiences the last two years with doctors. Um, and so, you know, they gave me some gas medicine or whatever. And I was just like, all right. So I, I go to, so this doctor was just wonderful. And I explained to the nurse what was going on. I explained to her about all the ibuprofen I've been taking the last year and a half. Um, her doctors who've told me to take this much. You're not supposed to take as much as I've been taking. And she was like, Oh God, that's really important. Are you doing that still? And I was like, I haven't taken any ibuprofen since this one doctor told me to stop. And she was like, okay, good. And so, which has been fun because now we just live with these fucking headaches. It's just such a, it's all connected. And I think I'm going to burn something to the ground. Um, but so the doctor was like, uh, so she's like, he's going to help you. He really, so he comes in and he's this sweet little man. And, uh, he's like, all right, well, we're going to take some blood tests and a stool test. I was like, oh my God, I've never done a stool test before. And he's like, I'm like, how do you do that? And he's like, the lab will tell you how. I was like, all right. So he's like, you're going to go to the lab and you're going to come back to me. So we get the, t- the, the blood and then the woman gives me the stool test. Has anybody ever done one of those before? I mean, I thought it was going to be a lot funnier than it was. It was actually really disgusting, but she gave it to me and I couldn't stop laughing because it's like this little like bed, like little like plastic, like kidney shaped bedpan thing. Tiny though, not like one that you use in the hospital, like a little one, right? And then two popsicle sticks, a little, a little like a bottle um, with red liquid in it. And two surgical gloves, three surgical gloves. And in, when you open up the bottle, there's like a little spoon that's attached to the lid of the bottle. And so she was like, you got to like poop in this, this kidney shaped thing. And then you got to like scoop it out until you fill up this little bottle. 
And I was like, when do you need this? She goes, well, if you could do it now. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to do that in this hospital. Are you kidding me? My bowels are so finicky. Like, there's no way my body's going to be like, I'll for sure shit in this little pan in this like weird hospital in the middle of the night. At this point, it's only like nine o'clock, but still. Uh, no, it's like 930. And that's not the middle of the night. But as you guys know, I don't sleep. So nine o'clock is it's all nothing's real. Um, but then I could not stop laughing. And she was like, she's like, is everything okay? And I was like, I was like, you don't know me at all, but I have a podcast where a big chunk of it is I, I talk about poop in my pants and like poop stories. And I'm just really excited to talk about this on my podcast. I call it the poop scoop. And she was like, ha, ah, okay, well have a nice night. Oh, and I was like, can I take this home? She's like, yeah, just bring it back tomorrow. I'm like, all right. And so the ner- the doctor was so nice. So I go back in the waiting room. Doctor comes in and he goes, come, come back here. So I go back there and he sits down. And this hospital is like in Hollywood. And like, I mean, it's not a bad neighborhood during the day, but at night it's super fucking sketchy, right? Um, it's actually not great during the day anymore. Uh, Hollywood has gotten really bad, but, um, but it's, you know, definitely really scary at night. And so he pulls me in the back and he goes, I'm actually not ready for you, but I'd rather like no one was in the waiting room. And he's like, I'd rather you come back here and sit back here than like anyone can come off the street and just do anything. So I'm glad you're like, I want you just being here and safe. And I was like, okay, that's nice. So he comes in and he's like, all right, well, your blood, uh, you know, blood came back all normal. Everything is functioning great. That blood is really healthy. And I was like, okay. And he's like, I am worried about all the diarrhea though. I really am. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, so please do the stool test. And I was like, cool. He's like, I'd really like to do a rectum test. And I was like, oh man, like, do I come back for that? He's like, I'd like to do it now. And like, again, I have sexual trauma. So like, I don't like to just have it sprung on me that this shit's going to happen. And, but it was like, all right, well, I guess so. I was like, yeah, I, I, I guess. And he's like, well, I'm going to call on my female nurse. And like, you know, we're it's real, it'll be really quick. And I was like, and it was, it was really quick. It was awful. It was, it was, it was, I, I almost puked. Um, you know, it's just, all, it's just all very violating, you know, and if you grew up in a very violating environment, uh, you don't like just having violating experiences. I don't think the average bear likes to have violating experiences sprung on them. But like, if you are, uh, you know, a sexually abused bear, I don't know why I'm calling us all bears, but you know what I mean? Um, Oh, it was so gross. And I, you know, I mean, they were so nice there. You know, they asked me about Colorado and, you know, we just talked for a while, uh, you know, trying to make me feel comfortable. And he was like, well, you know, there's, uh, I think the main concern was that I like had, I was bleeding internally. So he was like, you're not bleeding internally. You're fine. Um, now let's do the stool test. Guys, that stool test. I thought it was gonna be really funny. I almost threw up like four times. It was so gross. Like I, first of all, I was terrified I wasn't going to be able to poop because like my body is just like, oh, you need to poop? Like you want to poop? Nah. And then my body's like, oh, you have this really important event all day and there's only porta potties. I guess I'll have diarrhea. You know, it's just, it's just really, it's, it's, and so you have to like sit on the toilet again, spoiler or not spoiler, like trigger warning, I guess. If you're like, you have to like sit on the toilet with this thing underneath you and then you poop until, and then you have to like scoop it out. Oh God, I almost threw up even thinking about it now. I don't even know why I'm explaining it to you. So I guess that can, and he, so he was like, you, I'm going to, I'm going to take you off oil. Don't have any oil for 10 days and take these pills. And then we'll see how you feel. And, and the test, I think, was just to make sure I don't have... I mean, I got the results back and it was... They should have... They might as well have sent it to me in Spanish. You know, actually, I'm learning Spanish. But, you know, like, they might as well have sent it to me in, like, a foreign language. Because I'm like, I, I guess this is fine. 
Now, that's one thing that I don't like about uh, Kaiser is that they'll just send you the test results and then you have to like call and be like, so am I cool? Because like this doesn't help. Like we did the test because I'm having an issue. And and so um, but it, it looks like everything's like fine, but I just can't. Um, eating makes my stomach hurt really bad. And, and so um, but then I've asked around and I think I eat like a crazy amount of oil. Like I didn't know. Like I asked my cousin, she's like, well, how much oil are you? Well, I was like, first of all, oils and everything, right? Like it's like already in everything. Just, you know, people cooking oil, like I just all everything, right? But I go through like a big Trader Joe's bottle every week and a half, every week or every two weeks, every two weeks, week and a half, right? My cousin was like, yeah, that's a lot of oil. And, and uh, so maybe that's why I'm in this situation. Maybe, I mean, I just started drinking olive oil, not drinking it. Um, there were some times where I was doing some shots of it. That sounds really weird, but uh, 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 it was recommended to me by an Eastern Western, uh, Eastern medicine thing about uh, something I was going through a couple years ago when I was having dizzy spells because I had vitamin D. It's a whole thing. Um, but I, I don't drink it now. But like, and then I, you know how I have that crush on that guy. I haven't talked about him in a while. We're still texting. We haven't hung out, but he's very funny and very handsome. And I would, I, I'm trying to just like be cool. So to pop, but I told him about that. And he's like, yeah, that's a shit ton of oil. That's a fuck ton of oil. And I was like, well, how much? He goes, I use like that in like a month and a month and a half. And I'm like, oh shit. So I'm not eating oil, not eating oil. And I'm taking these medicines. So hopefully soon it will be fine. So yesterday, this is the funny part. So yesterday I'm on a game show, right? I told you guys about me being on a game show. I can't tell you more than that because I signed an NDA. But, you know, when you're on a game show, how it works is like, they usually, it's, it's usually they bring a bunch of people, everyone, they film like six episodes a day, right? So they bring all the contestants in and then you hang out with all the contestants and you, you, um, you play the game all day. Like they try to, you know, they, they get you good at the game and not all the contestants get on the show. Um, they, you know, they just in case, like right now, especially like COVID, if someone shows up and they have COVID, we all have to be COVID tested. And then also if someone shows up and they're, you know, terrible, bad personalities, racist, you know, all kinds of things. The producer was like, yeah, he, there was a guy, he was like, I will, I will blacklist him from ever being on anything again. Cause he, and he also was like, and as soon as the show airs, I have all these, uh, videos of him. Cause they video us all day of him saying some really racist, misogynistic shit. And he's like, I'm going to send it to his employer and his mom. It's like that guy, not all heroes wear capes. Right. And I, the producer is this dude from Philly. Man, I love men from Philly. Most of them. Um, I just love, like, I, like they, they swear up a fucking storm. They'll fight anybody, but they got hearts of gold. Like, that's been my experience. But, um, and so we, show, so we show up and there's a bunch of us there. So we play the game all day, right? But in the morning, you got to get through all this legal shit, right? You got to get through the rules and you got to get through the legal shit. So we pee before then. And then my stomach starts to go and it's like, well, we're going to shit our pants. And he's like, I need everyone to just sit here for like, that's why we're not giving you coffee. We need you to sit through this for like two hours. And I'm literally sitting there sweating. I'm like, I'm going to shit my pants at a fucking game show. What's more embarrassing? Raising your hand and being like, I'm going to shit my pants or shitting your pants. I'm in so much pain. And you know, when you're about to shit your pants, 
and you are, you have to shit really bad. It like comes back around, like it calms down and then comes back around and then it calms down and then it comes back around. Do you know what I mean? Like, so like a few minutes I'm like, okay, I think I'm gonna be okay. And then like five minutes later, I'm like, nope, nope, I'm gonna put my pants. And there's this loud New Yorker broad who was obnoxious as fuck, but I was grateful for her in this moment. She raised her hand and she's like, I gotta piss. I can't wait another two hours. I gotta go to the bathroom. And he was so annoyed. And another person's like, I gotta go to the bathroom too. And I was like, dude, I gotta go to the bathroom too. So everybody goes to the bathroom. So the bathrooms are full and I'm just peeing out of my butthole, just peeing out of it. Right. So gross. Just really going at it. Um, but I carry around matches. I left my poopery at home. I really, but I'm really glad I didn't because of this story. So there is these two, this couple who are by far the dumbest people I think I've ever met in my life. Um, one of the woman was nice and dumb. Like she was like really sweet, but dumb. And that's the best kind of dumb. If you're going to be dumb, you've got to be nice. You know what I mean? You can't be dumb and arrogant. You can't be dumb and mean. You can't do it. If you can do it, if you, I mean, you can do whatever you want, but I want nothing to do with you. And I will not, you know what I mean? Like, but her partner was like dumb and arrogant. Like he didn't know he was dumb. He thought he was like really smart. No, that's the worst kind of dumb, right? At least mean people are interesting. Um, that's terrible. Uh, I mean, I sort of stand by it. Um, so the dumb woman is in there and so I'm, I, I, you know, I get done, you know, blowing out the toilet and I'm doing like the courtesy flush. Thank God there's so many toilets flushing. I don't think most people know. And it's an automatic toilet flusher. So people might think that it's whatever, you know, like, and I don't understand, like, and I was trying to explain this to the woman who is, ex- who handed me the, the, the stool kit. This is probably gonna be all across face today. I'm really sorry. Um, handing me the stool kit. I was trying to explain to her. I was like, look, um, I, I, uh, I was like, I, I don't think I would think poop was that funny if we all weren't so like ashamed of it or like we all weren't, you know, like we all fucking do it, but we all like do everything we can to make sure people don't think we're pooping. And like, and I, I don't think I'd find it as fascinating or as interesting if like that wasn't the case, but everyone just does everything they possibly can myself included. So I'm in there flushing, trying to rationalize. And then I finally get done. It kind of smells. I'm grateful. We have to wear masks, right? Um, on these kind of on sets, you still got to wear masks, right? So I'm grateful we have the masks on. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to light a match real quick. Light a match. Sulfur seeps through the mask. People can smell sulfur in their mask. They can't really smell poop. They can smell sulfur. So I walk out and the dumb woman goes, she's washing her hands and she goes, it smells like smoke. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I can't really smell anything with this mask on. She's like, it smells like real, like is someone smoking in here? For, what a fucking idiot, right? Like maybe that's not, but like matches and cigarettes smell very different, but she's going on and on that she's convinced someone has lit a cigarette in that bathroom. And she is grilling me because she thinks it's me. <laughs> she's like, she's like, do you smell that? It's like it's someone smoking in here. Were you smoking? Like she's like grilling me. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And then this like, I don't know, this woman, this woman was probably 60 and she was like a broad, right? Like just like this tiny lady who talked like this and was wearing sunglasses all day. She was a broad and she comes out of the stall and she goes, it was probably me. I smoked three packs of cigarettes this morning because they told me I wasn't going to be able to smoke all day. (laughs) And I was like, and then the the dumb woman goes, oh, that tracks. And I was like, thank God. And then the rest of the day when I was blowing out the toilet, which that was not the last time because something is wrong. Um, She, uh, I just didn't like the match and, you know, it worked out. It worked out. 
uh, that's your poop scoop. That was a 30 minute poop scoop. I think it's the longest one, but it also had in there mixed in. And you know, I, I think after this oil thing, um, I, I talked to my cousin for a long time about this last night and, um, uh, in my work, I have learned that one of the symptoms of PTSD is IBS symptoms, like the shit I'm going through with my poop things. Cause it is, you know, your gastrol or whatever is attached to your nerves or, you know, it's all fucking connected and I'm not talking like a doctor now, but you probably know what I mean. Like it's, and, uh, it's probably my trauma. And my cousin was like, I'm like, I don't really feel that anxious anymore. Like I, I spent my life in fight or flight mode, you know, and my whole life in fight or flight mode. And so I don't have that anymore. And she was like, I think you're still really anxious. It's just, you react to it differently now. And that was really, really tough to hear. Um, cause I've done so much work around, you know, and I, I have broken through a lot of those walls and a lot of that anxiety and all that stuff. I have, I have made light years of progress, but it, it, it looks like it's showing up still. And, um, especially if I'm not sleeping. So I'm making a tele appointment with my doctor about the lung stuff. And, um, and, and, you know, we were like, maybe the lung stuff was just, uh, was there, but was, you know, made worse by me getting COVID, you know, maybe that's why, which is good news. I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, I don't, it's weird. I don't want these tests to come back and be like, she has this like terrible, you know, autoimmune disease or like Crohn's or, you know, emphysema. I don't want any of that. I just want answers. And it all just keeps pointing back to, I was sexually abused as a kid and I was raised by very chaotic people. And the more, you know, and I am facing it. And whereas before I wasn't facing it. So I just had like run of the mill anxiety all the time. And now that I, you know, I can name it and I can look at it and I know what it is. I'm reacting to it differently, but it doesn't mean that there's not still more there. And that sucks. And, and I, that really sucks. Cause I, you know, especially right now, you know what I want to do right now? I want to make a bunch of, a bunch of jokes cause I feel really vulnerable. Um, so some funny stuff, some fucked up stuff, I guess. I don't know. So I, uh, you know, well, to be determined, these are coming out, you know, I'm recording this Wednesday, the 6th, and this will come out Wednesday, the 13th. I was like, add seven days to the 6th. Don't know much about history. Um, so hopefully by the time this comes out, things will, uh, you know, more answers will have arrived. But, and if you want, why I'm recording this again, why I'm recording this a week early. Um, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you also get the episodes a week early. Um, so that's, that's another one of the perks. And, um, so I, I don't know, man, I, one thing I am really grateful for is that I have learned to advocate for my health. I have learned to, go to the doctor. I think, you know, I mean, I've, I've lost so many people. Um, everyone that raised me, I lost, you know, and, um, a lot of the stuff could have been, you know, my uncle Steve was in pain for years, years. He walked through that. And, um, my, my, you know, my cousin, who's a physician's assistant was like, he probably had all this cancer five years ago, like he or four or five years ago. And it probably would have been different had, it been checked out, but you know, like, I don't know. I, 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 when you, you know, the 
generational trauma and the cycle is like walk it off family. You know, you're in pain. Well, now your leg just hurts. So you just walk on your hurt leg forever. You don't go fix it. You just walk on the leg and you know, oh, your stomach hurts really bad. Well, you wait until you're like passing out in your home until, you know, I mean, that's where he was at. Like he was like full of so much liquid because his kidneys and his liver weren't processing anything. And it got to the point where he was like, like couldn't walk anymore and they drained him. And it was like, you know, I, I think they said like 80 pounds worth of fucking fluid came out of him. And it was like six months of him just working through that. And it's just like, so I'm, I'm breaking the, the generational cycle of walking it off. Like I'm advocating for myself and I'm worth, you know, I'm worth being healthy and, you know, so I'm, I guess I'm doing a, I don't know, I'm going to lunch with some old friends on fr- on Sunday and I was like, hey, I'm not able to have, uh, I was like, I got some health shit going on. I'm not able to have oil. Do you think we could go places that just like have a lot of options? And like, I mean, like, you know, I just didn't want, I mean, like he's vegan and she eats like caviar, you know what I mean? Like they're like very like, like, I don't think that they were wanting to go to like a chicken wing spot. So, but I just wanted to be like, can we go somewhere like kind of healthy? And they were like, why don't you pick? Cause you're the one who has all the health concerns. And I'm like, fuck. So I'm going to do that. But like, it's, you know, I mean, who knows? I, and you know, it's really cool. Like I, I have an extra like eight pounds that I I've gained over the last, you know, couple of years that I cannot get rid of. And maybe it's cause I drink a bottle of oil, olive oil a week. You know, maybe all my pooping problems are from all the olive oils. Maybe this is a blessing in disguise. I don't know, man. Um, I had a bunch of stuff I wanted to talk about today, but I'm going to, I'm almost where we have like 20 minutes. left. Uh, we have like 20 minutes. left. I know you guys don't care if I, it's so crazy. So I, I saw, I saw, um, an old, now what do I want to talk about? I have, I have all this stuff written down. I did the rave. Um, you know, last week I talked about how friends come and go, you know, and, and the episodes called the precious few you should hold on to. Um, yeah, my everything inside me is just like, like just what a fucking mess, man. Um, it's fine. It's just like I was I was doing this market research thing uh, like a week and a half ago, and you're sitting in this you know movie theater because you're gonna watch you know like a pilot of a show, whatever. And I'm sitting in this movie theater, and and I, and it's dead quiet, right? And my stomach. It, it like farts inside itself. Like, you know, when like, you know, it's your stomach's not growling. It's like a weird internal fart. I don't know if anyone else knows what the fuck I'm talking about, but it's not your belly. It's your bowels, but it's not like, it doesn't like come out of your butt. It's not like, this is such a gross episode. I'm having so many problems, uh, but like, but it's not, you know what I mean? And, but it was so loud and thank God it sounds like your tummy's growling. You just know it's not your tummy growling. And the woman next to me goes, Jesus, it sounds like you really need to eat. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely not going to go blow out the toilet in there in a few minutes. And that day, God, why do people do this? Why men, men, I'm sorry, but men do this the most women have done it too. But like it, it, men are creep. Women are kind of annoying when they do this. Men are creepy when they do this. Right. So I brought a book, right? I don't know if I told you guys this last week. I brought a book and I, I say that all the time. I promise I'm listening to episodes, but I've started way far back. Um, I brought a book and I'm reading it because we're sitting in there for like 30 minutes while we're waiting for this whole thing to like get going. And, you know, I'm, I'm reading this book and I feel 
these eyes on me. I might have told you this that last week. It's worth repeating. Don't be this person. It's fucking awful. You're either annoying or creepy. There's no, no, no. If you hear me and you're like, but I've, nope, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, I feel someone watching me for a while. Like I'm talking like I'm like, I read like four pages and I still feel someone watching me. At first I was like, get over yourself. There's no way that guy is just standing there staring at you. That's crazy. And then after, finally I like looked up and turned and looked at him and he was one of the guys that ran the fucking thing. And he was so creepy and he's just like smiling at me. And I, and I like gave him a look like what? And he goes, you're reading. And I was like, what? He goes, you're reading. And I was like, uh, huh? He goes, ah, it's smart bringing a book. And I just, I gave him, I had to have given him like the, you're the biggest dumbass I've ever seen in my life. Cause I just like looked at him and then went back down to my book. And then he said something else and I just ignored him. And then he like got uncomfortable and was like, oh, uh, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go in the hallway. Fine, go in the, what the fuck, dude? Get out of here. And that, like, I'm not on the end, right? There's a woman on the end. And I was like, Jesus Christ. And she started laughing. And I looked at her and I was like, that was fucking weird, right? And she goes, oh yeah, he was staring at you for a long time. And I was like, yeah, I felt it. But I thought, there's no way this fucking idiot is just standing here staring at me. She goes, yeah, you just, don't do that. Ugh. This is why I'm a cunt in public. Um, this is why I'm a cunt in public. Cause it's like, you can't like, I had food poisoning a couple of years ago, like 15 years ago. I want to say my dad was still alive. He was still in my life. And I was flying back from Denver and that morning I was supposed to fly back from Denver. I was staying at my godmother's house and oh, I have a bubble in my throat. Do you hear it? I'm a mess and I, I can't eat much. I like, I just like everything I eat makes me really sick. And I, and, and it all has to be like baked and raw and vegetable It's wild. Um, I'm, I, I know how to cook now without oil. I did a lot of Googling. I think I'm going to make another breakthrough in my cooking life. Uh, so I, you know, I woke up at like four in the morning. This is just one big poop scoop, but this is why I'm a cunt in public. Um, can I make that my, my, the, can I make, yeah, I can make uh, Apple. Everything will just like cross it out, but I think I can, I don't have to blurb out cunt. Do I? Uh, so yeah, fuck it. I'm saying cunt. This is my cunt in public. So I wake up at four in the morning at, you know, with food poisoning. So I'm like uh, shitting and I, I'm like shitting and puking, right? Everyone, uh, if you haven't had food poisoning, congratulations. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm sick all night. So I text my dad. I'm at my godmother's mother's house. I text my dad and I was like, dad, at like five in the morning, I text him and I was like, Hey dad, I'm, I know I'm supposed to fly out in like four hours, but I am like, I have not been able to leave the toilet for like three hours. I, I, I'm puking. I got food, food poisoning, which was kind of his fault by the way. Uh, because, uh, every time I would go home, we would go to red lobster and I love red lobster. I don't give a fuck what you think. I know I've talked about this before. A lot of people think red lobster's trashy. Well, red lobster was a nice night out in Colorado, especially in the nineties. So every time I go home, I go to Red Lobster, fucking love it there. And my dad used to take me every time I went home and I got crab legs and those delicious fucking thing. He'd get shrimp scampi. And you know what? Those were some of my favorite memories of my dad. This particular trip, he was trying to impress my godmother because he was trying to date her for some reason. I don't know. That's a whole other bag of worms. I don't feel like opening today. Uh, can of worms, they're in bags or cans, buckets, doesn't matter. Um, that I don't want to open today. Uh, but she was, she was very affluent, right? Like, uh, she does, she has a lot of money. And so my dad wanted her to go with us on our, you know, our crab eating night. And he was like, I'm going to bring your godmother, but we're not going to go to red lobster. And I was like, why? 
And he's like, well, because I want to take you guys somewhere nicer because he was trying to impress her. So he brought us to this like crazy expensive seafood restaurant. But the problem is Red Lobster is like super regulated because it's a chain restaurant. And, you know, like a lot of like you can't really eat, you know, always safe seafood in the middle in locked land. Is it locked land? Landlocked land? I don't know what it's called, but. That's what I was told later where it was like, who knows where he took you and who knows, whatever. But I got so sick from this restaurant. And as I'm puking, he's standing in the bathroom and I'm puking. And I was like, this would have never happened at Red Lobster, which is hilarious. But it wouldn't have because it's so regulated because it's such a corporate chain. Right. And so they start arguing about whether or not they should change the flight, what they should do. And this was one of the last times I went home before I cut my dad out. So it was a particularly bad trip, right? I mean, who knows what monstrosity or how naked he got or what creepy shit he said to me. I don't remember, but it was a particularly bad trip. And it was, I think, one of my last ones I went home uh, for Christmas before he died. And so I, 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 you know, I, I'm so sick and they're like going back and forth. Well, she could stay here for a couple more days until she's better. And then I finally was just like, nothing matters. Just throw everything in that suitcase and just mail everything that doesn't fit. I have to get out of Denver. So I was like, I will fly with this. I have shit in many uncomfortable places in my life. I'm fine doing it at the airport. I don't care. I don't care if I'm doing it on an airplane. I, I, I don't care. And so and they were like, well, all right. So they pack up my shit and we get to the airport. And I, you know, I, and at this point things had kind of like subsided. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I haven't, I have nothing left to give the toilet, right? My body has given it all to the toilet. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, whatever. And, uh, so I sit down and I, I settle down and I, I don't want to listen to music. I don't want to read. I just want to stare out the window and will my body to not, you know, evacuate more. So I'm just staring at the window. And this woman was like, hi. And I was like, Oh, uh, hello. And then I went back to the window and she was like, I'm Louise. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's nice. And I looked out the window and she's like, what's your name? And I was like, it's Kim you from here, Kim? And I was like, what? I was doing the best. This is why I'm a cunt in public. If someone doesn't want to talk to you. And she, and she was like, I was like, I, I'm, I, I'm, I live in LA. And she was like, I love LA. And I was like, uh-huh. And then I, I just grabbed my headphones and I put them in and I pretended to read the book while Louise continued to talk to me. I think I had to finally tell her. I think I was like, Louise, I'm not feeling very well and I'm not going to be able to talk to you. So please leave me alone. And she just looked at me blankly and then turned and looked to the person to her left and went, hi. It's like, God, don't be that person. You're the reason why people have to be cunts in public. Although I'm sure that woman's made plenty of friends. I'm going to Thailand. I probably won't be a cunt in public. Um, uh, But you sometimes have to be in order to like, you know, get the guy from not staring at you while you're fucking reading. It's so creepy. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Um, I did want to, I'll end with this today. Remember when we all used to go to Claire's Boutique? This is a big left turn. Uh, remember when we all used to go to Claire's Boutique and uh, and some like 16-year-old girl would pierce our ears? Does that still happen? Do people still, like with that little gun? Like, I mean, like I, like I have friends that are piercers now and I know they pierce ears. They pierce everything, but I'm sure they pierce ears. I, I, I feel like I, I've, every time I hang out with my one friend who's a, a piercer, I haven't asked him this, but 
they can't still be allowing that, right? Like, does anyone know what I'm talking about? Like, remember in the like the 90s and early 2000s, like when I got my ears pierced in the 90s, you wanted your ears pierced and you just went to Claire's Boutique. I don't even think I had my dad with me, at least the second and third time. The first time I'm sure he had to be there, but the second and third time, I think I just went and did it. And you just like, and I, it was like 10 bucks or something crazy. Like, I feel like I need to, my ears are pierced. I have thought about getting a double, a second piercing. I don't wear earrings so often, so I don't know why I would do that. But, and if I did do that, I would go get my buddy to double pierce my ears. Uh, maybe I'll do that. I want to like this, this dude is like one of the, he's, you know, he's a, he's one of my favorite people. And I'm like, I don't really want anything pierced, but I want to support your, your business. He's doing just fine, by the way. He's like a fucking celebrity piercer and shit, but I'm like, I still, but it doesn't matter. But like, does this still exist? Does anyone know? Does this still exist? We would go to a, a, like a teenage jewelry store that was ran by teenagers. And then we would pay them and they would take a gun, like a little, not like a gun gun, but you know, like a ear piercing gun who trained them. I have so many questions. This was just brought up uh, like a couple weeks ago and I wrote it down because I really, I, you know, I thought it would be a much more long, like a much longer thing, but it's not. I also, another thing I wanted to bring up before I go, I wrote down a while ago too. So I was talking to my cousin the other, like, you know, a couple weeks ago and we were talking about our dads and I don't know if you guys remember the very, very first episode of Crawl Space. I believe it was the first. It was at least the first like five, but I'm pretty positive it was the first one. I made the confession. I like to eat raw bacon, which probably doesn't help my my stomach issues. I mean, I don't eat raw bacon anymore because I don't eat bacon, but like I and I and I like raw, you know, raw meat, not chicken, which I know that I don't know why that's where the line was drawn, but I always my dad always did. My dad would make hamburgers and then like while he was like making the patty, he would like pull off a big, this is so gross. And I, I, and it's, I, it, I don't know. And I know that this is like, ah, so, um, and my dad would pull off little chunks of the raw hamburger and he would eat it and then he'd hand me some and we'd probably eat a whole raw hamburger while we made hamburgers. And I always like, and I never told anybody about that until, so I had this, uh, this boyfriend years and years ago. And it wasn't, uh, and uh, I, you know, I love this guy quite a bit. He's not in the book. Um, he's probably going to be in the second edition. I haven't fully decided, but I loved him quite a bit. And we, you know, we couldn't be together for many, many reasons. None that I will go through today, but, um, but it was one of those like sad breakups where it was just like, this is a, this has to end, you know? And, um, you know, we just want different things, blah, blah, blah. And so when we were, you know, we were spending our last day together and I think I told this, this story for sure, the first, um, episode, but, uh, so we're, you know, we're spending our last day together and we're, you know, we're laying on the couch and we're, you know, sad. I think I'm crying and he's sad. And I went raw bacon and he goes, what? And I go, raw bacon. And he's like, what does that mean? And I was like, I like to eat raw bacon. And he goes, oh my God, what? And I was like, well, now you know literally everything there is to know about me. 
Cause he knew, you know, we, we, it was that kind of relationship where we had gotten like real close. Like we knew everything about each other, the good, the bad, really ugly shit. Like, and when we were, when we were seeing each other, um, this was, you know, when I was really, this is be right. This is before Jimmy, the dragon, actually when Jimmy, the dragon popped in, I, this guy and I were about to get back together and I thought Jimmy, the dragon was a healthier choice. So let that roll around in your head for a minute. But, but I was like raw bacon and he's like, I was like, now you know literally everything there is to know about me. And he sat there quiet for a minute and he goes, my mom didn't tell me she loved me until I was like 22. So I think that's why I have an issue telling people that I love them. And I was like, Jesus, you made it like sad. I was making it weird. You made it sad. But this also explains a whole lot, mister. Um, And so I, you know, I, you know, I joke about it and I know it's really bad for you, so I don't do it anymore, but I grew up, you know, it makes me sound so, I promised my dad's side of the family was like the classier, you know, the classy side. Um, The other side was kind of the hillbilly side, but they were funnier. I don't know if that's true. Both sides of my family were pretty fucking funny, man. I am the new work I'm doing in ACA. So I'm doing a new, like, as I said, like onion peel layer of the onion peel layer of, you know what I'm fucking trying to say. Um, and one of the one of the exercises is to write down good shit about your family, right? And one of the good, which is which is really helpful, especially it's really you know it's good to look. I mean, not I mean, not everyone's no, I, you know, I, I don't know. That's a deeper subject, but one of the things is uh, my family, both sides, very funny, very fucking funny. And so uh, I don't know why I'm probably gonna. I don't know why. So I whatever. I I just I oh yeah. My dad's side was the classy side, right? So like it's not like we're like some hillbillies like eating you know a hamburger right off. I mean I don't even think the hillbillies were doing. No one is eating raw hamburger but Tom and Kim and you know the in 1985 to like not probably not 85 but probably 89 to like 97. Um, and I thought that, you know, I, I, and you know, I went into adulthood, not telling anybody thinking that was totally wild. So I was talking to my cousin a couple, you know, a month or two ago, a couple of weeks. I don't know. We talk a lot. And, um, she goes, yeah, my dad, we were talking about our dads and how similar they were and like diets or like, you know, they, you know, they weren't in the best of shape and, you know, they had a lot of health problems because of like self-induced shit. And she goes, well, my dad, like he ate raw meat. And I was like, what? She goes, yeah, he like ate raw meat a lot. And I was like, what? And she goes, yeah, it was disgusting. But the difference between she and I is that she had a mom there that was like, what the fuck? The kids aren't doing that. And like, I didn't have a mom there. And I was like, my dad and I used to eat a lot of raw meat. And she goes, Tom did too. And I was like, me too. I was part of the raw eating meat thing. I ate a bunch of raw meat with Tom. And she was like, oh my God, do you still do that? No, it's really bad for you. I mean, maybe that's why, there's probably a combination of trauma. I ate a lot of raw meat as a kid, Uh, two bottles of olive oil a month. I don't know, I'm sure more will be revealed, but at least in my poop sample, I do not have colon cancer. Again, I'm unclear what what this test said, but it looks like everything down there is normal. Except for I, I treat myself like a garbage disposal sometimes. Um, this has been an interesting episode. This was fun. I hope you guys had fun. Um, thank you so much for listening and being here every week and reaching out. I do have a poop scoop locked and loaded in my email. You know who you are. I'll be responding to you. And it will be, I just, I didn't, I was meant to do it this week, but I, um, 
I didn't anticipate pooping in a small container and then having to remove it and putting it into a smaller container and giving it to <laughs> when I dropped it off the hospital. So they were like, I was like, you know, the night before I was like, Hey, so when I bring it back tomorrow, do I just, and the doctor was like, yeah, just bring it straight to the lab. You don't have to check in. You don't have to tell anybody what you're doing. Just bring it straight. He was so sweet. Cause he was like, that's embarrassing. Obviously if I'm coming in with a fucking paper bag, it's a bag full of my poop. And so and then the nurse goes, actually, she has to check in. And I'm sure it has something to do with, you know, I was going to say terrorism, but like, you know, I'm security and shit. And so uh, I was going to blame 9-11 for some reason. But so she's like, she has to check in. And I'm like, okay. So I, I go to the check-in and I was like, hi, I just need to drop something off at the lab. And I'm holding the bag of poop. And he just looks at the poop. And then he looks at me and I'm like, yep, that's, that's the sample in the bag. He goes, all right, just go ahead and go in there. Well, no, he's like, the, your name will pop up. And he like kind of smirked. And I'm like, God damn it. And then I went in there and handed the guy my poop. And I was like, that's my poop. And he goes, yeah. And I was like, yeah. So do you want me to like hang around while you look through it? Or do I just head out? And he was like, what? I was like, do I hang out while you like dive in? Or do I just go home and you'll call me? And he was like, you can take off. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, thanks dude. Have a, it was so awkward. But so anyway, I wasn't anticipating that whole thing. So I thought I was gonna be able to tell your poop scoop story. I'm very excited to tell it next week and I'll be responding to your email. Thank you for reaching out. If you have your own poop scoop story too, uh, please give me a uh, call. Uh, give me an email. Send me an email. I think I'm losing my shit because I'm not eating. I'm eating just like clean food. And so I'm, I'm, I'm every, everything is new. Maybe that's good. I mean, I eat healthy anyway, but I have an exhort. For someone who had four hours of sleep last night, I have an insane amount of energy right now. And I think it's just because maybe I, I'm, I'm purging all the oil. Um, yeah, so send me an email. If you got poop scoop, send me an email. Or tell me why you're one lucky broad. Or just if you have any suggestions on, you know, help to help my health issues, I would love any and all, any and all. Um, I would love it. Send it to kimcrawlspace at gmail.com. Please don't DM me with it because like I, it, it's just, it's easier for, honestly, it's easier for my like organization, OCD and uh, anxiety if it's like in one place. I try to respond to the DMs. There's so many fucking DMs. Um, I'm actually trying to go through them today. So many. I think I have like 300. That's in, that's an insane amount of DMs. And then once I respond to all of them, three days later, there are three, 300 more. And I'm like, oh, I just want to put my head in the ground like an ostrich. That's the one who puts their head in the ground when they're nervous. Um, I don't know if they do it when they're nervous. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, send me an email, please. KimCrawlspace at gmail.com. Um, if you want to join Patreon, like I said, you get uh, this episode a week early and you get two bonus episodes. And then there's a bunch of other little fun stuff in there, which are all in the mail. If you are a Patreon subscriber, they are all in the mail to my two new Patreon subscribers. They will be in the mail tomorrow. Um, but by the time this is up and you hear it, you'll get it. You'll have it. So sweet. Um, that's that. I still have a book. If you'd like to read it, um, you can go to kimcrawl.com or you can go to Amazon. It's Confessions of a Recovering Party Girl. If you get a second, please leave me a rating and a review. I'm asking a lot of you, but I really appreciate, you know, I appreciate all of you guys just supporting my my launch of this dream of mine. It is It is scary, but I have a lot of really awesome supporters friends, supporters. It just means the fucking world to me. So thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much. And I will talk to you all soon. Have a good week. Bye. Crawl space, crawl space.